Hi, this is Steve Hargadon, and welcome to the Future of Education. It's Friday, February 11th in the United States. It's Saturday, February 12th in New Zealand, and our special guest today is Wayne McIntosh. Now, he is coming in from New Zealand, and there's a bit of latency, so you'll notice a little bit of a gap between when I finish speaking and he says he's here, but welcome, Wayne. Steve, thank you very, very much. Um, on behalf of the Wiki Educator family and the Open Education Resource Foundation, I, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity to kind of share some thoughts and ideas uh, around some of the things that we're doing. Uh, coming from New Zealand, we're in the fortunate position of having seen the future that has already happened, and I can assure you, your Saturday is just going to be beautiful. <laughs> Well, I've just realized that I forgot to load the balance of the slides. So what I'm going to do is ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to talk a little bit about your background. Uh, and then when you're done with that, I'll come back on. Hopefully the slides will be loaded and we can talk about the specific project and some other things. So could you give us a, a few minutes on, on what you've done in the past and where you are now? Sure, Steve, um, not a problem. Um, I, well, let's start in the beginning. I, I started life uh, training as an accountant, but we won't talk much about that. Um, and, you know, sort of very early on in my career, I figured out that I was not going to be able to spend, you know, 40 years of my life in the accounting profession. And um, I decided to become a teacher. And uh, I have to say it's been the best decision I've you know, taken in my life. I spent most of my career working in the university sector, um, largely in uh, open distance learning, uh, distance education, uh, at single mode uh, distance teaching uh, universities, as, as well as distance education at uh, traditional face-to-face -face institutions. Um, in the, the last couple of years, I've uh, been very, very fortunate in having opportunities to really live out my passion, which is learning for development and, and, and how we can actually widen access uh, to learning around the world. I had the privilege of uh, spending three years working at the Commonwealth of Learning, which is an international intergovernmental agency working across the 53 member states of the Commonwealth, the, you know, the former British Empire. And uh, now um, leading a very exciting ad, uh, venture at the Open Education Resource Foundation. So um, a little bit about, about my background, and um, you know, I have to say this this work in open education has been the most rewarding of of, of my professional career. Wayne, well, really appreciate your coming on. Uh, many of us who are here today, I think, are excited to talk to you about this. I was just at a conference in uh, Texas uh, where I gave a couple of sessions on open source and uh, I'm, I can't wait to kind of tell you the reaction. I, the slides should be loaded now so we're going to do a couple of quick things. Uh, want to recognize that Illuminate helps to support this uh, series and my, the project I work on for Illuminate is called Learn Central. It's a social network for educators. Uh, coming up on the future of education uh, uh, next week, David Perkins and Kevin Kelly, and the week after that, John Cedie Brown. Lots of other fun events, hopefully something that uh, will be of interest to you there. If you've missed any sessions, of course, they are all recorded in their future of education.com. 
we do have some special uh, crowdsourced activities, both at Q and at ISTE. I won't spend any time on those uh, at this point in time, but we'll keep talking about them in future sessions. If this is your first time in Illuminate, it is a participative environment. I hope that you'll find ways to participate. We will go to Q&A. Uh, and if you think you'd like to ask Wayne a, a question using the microphone, uh, which you can do, uh, please at this time go to Tools, Audio, run the Audio Setup Wizard to make sure that your microphone is working well. And, and, and again, because we're which was shifted uh, the sequence here, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how Illuminate works. But if you have any questions, put them in the chat, and we'll try and catch up on them. But it is fun to know where you're participating from. So go ahead and look for the wand with the red star at the end. It's to the left of the map. Click on that, and then click on the map. Looks like we've waned quickly in New Zealand. Someone in the British Isles. Good representation in North America. Feel free to do a shout out in the chat. Let us know where you are, what time it is. It's fun to know the weather as well. Wayne, I see you're not alone in New Zealand. Someone in Brazil. Okay, I'm going to move this forward. So, what? Before we talk specifically about the OER University and the open source efforts, um, I, I want to tie uh, the current news in Egypt a little bit to what we're seeing. And what kind of connections do you make with changes in institutions and the degree to which openness and open communications are providing avenues? Sort of grassroots movements. Gee, Steve, um, that's a tough question. Um, no, I, I guess we we seen significant shifts, uh, specifically in the education area, um, in in relation to technology and the, the whole idea of open source in in education. Um, Specifically relating to uh, the fact that you know, individual educators are, are now empowered, uh, to, you know, to share their knowledge freely to, uh, through the use of technology, and um, using you know open content licenses, um, this creates a, a very new situation uh, for the future of education, and, and not necessarily something that has to um, you know be in competition with you know traditional education models. But rather, you know, approaches where we can augment and uh, add value to the education, you know, s systems around the world. I mean, you know, I guess, I, I guess one of the big challenges and, and, and issues and, and problems I think a lot about, uh, you know, every day when I wake up, uh, is the hundred million learners currently today who are qualified to have a seat in uh, you know, a, a tertiary education institution that are not going to have the privilege of an education. And uh, you know, when I think about that, it's simply ludicrous that in today's world, uh, where we have the technologies to, to, you know, to share knowledge freely, that we have a situation where you know, large numbers of, of young people and uh, adults around the world you know, are, are just not going to have the privilege of an education. So, in you know, in, in that respect, I think we have unprecedented opportunities 
uh, for community engagement in building these futures. And, and, and I guess the significant difference is the fact that you know we as individuals, you you and I, you know, can make you know can have a very positive impact in in, in addressing this problem. So Wayne, you've had some experience with this uh, in Wiki Educator. Could you tell us a little bit about what that project is and how it works? Well, um, Wiki Educator is um, a, a, a community wiki um, of, of educators from around the world who are collaborating on the development of free education materials. Our, our mission and aim is ideally collaborating with other you know, open education projects around the world to develop uh, digital learning materials in support of all national curricula by 2015. And um, you know, some folk may say, you know, may, may say to us, you know, you guys are absolutely crazy. Um, you're not going to get this right by 2015. Um, you know, my my usual response is, you know, 2017 will be just fine. Uh, the project started out as uh, really as an experiment uh, of a small desktop server at the University of Auckland, and it is it's grown from there. Um, today we have um, just over 17,000 registered users uh, from around the world. 72% um, of, of wiki educators are either teachers, lecturers, or, or trainers working in the formal education sector. So in, in, in that respect, wiki educator is a little different from some of the other large public wikis. Um, our age profile is also very representative of the, the teaching profession. Uh, half our users are over the age of 45, uh, which initially for me was you know, a bit of a surprise because you would kind of think it would be the 22-year-old web geeks that would be uh, you know, joining the project. But um, you know, I guess it makes sense. You know, if, if we, our age demographic is the teaching profession, um, you know, that's about right. One of the interesting things, you know, we, we collect uh, data from all our new users. And one of the interesting facts is that, uh, and surprisingly even in, in today's age, that two-thirds of our new account holders have never created a wiki account on any wiki before. And um, you know, th that's quite surprising, you know, given that you know, wiki as a, you know, wikis as technology are you know, about 15 years old. But you know, to respond to that, that challenge, we, we run, in fact, the world's largest free training program to build wiki skills uh, in education. I mean, we will provide free training to any warm-blooded, as in mammal, educator in the world who wants to learn how to uh, use a wiki for the development of open education resources. We will provide free training. And um, to date, we've, uh, we've provided free training opportunities to or over, you know, about 5,300 educators from 140 different countries around the world. So um, we use the same, the same technology, the same open source software that runs uh, Wikipedia. Uh, I, I serve on the International Advisory Board of the Wikimedia Foundation. And we do collaborate uh, a lot on you know, the, the development of technology. I mean, a good example is the wiki 
to print capabilities um, that are now available on the MediaWiki software engine, which uh, allows allows you to build customized books. So you know, if, as, 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 as an educator, if you wanted to you know put together a book, you could choose chapter one, choose chapter three. You don't like chapter two, you want to write your own chapter four. You can produce a customized book, um, which uh, can be downloaded as a PDF file. Alternatively, um, which can be purchased, uh, you know, from a, a print-on-demand uh, publisher. Um, and this is a, a significant technology because, you know, if we look at countries like Sub-Saharan Africa, where the majority of learners are not going to have internet connectivity, uh, it is incredibly important to be able to have learning materials available in formats uh, which aren't necessarily dependent on, on internet connections. Um, this technology, we also have a, a beta version of, of, of this technology that would uh, provide the, the, this book that you've now created in open document text format, which of course is the, the, the open uh, file format used uh, by word processors. Uh, which then means that teachers can then download this customized book and, and edit and adapt and modify these course materials on their desktops. Um, and, and I think that's very, very important for teachers. I'm a teacher myself, and I've yet to find anybody, you know, anybody else's lecture notes that I would want to use with, you know, without adapting or modifying. So, um, you know, slowly as you know, the, the project is maturing, we, we are learning more about, you know, what's going to work in the open uh, education arena. And, um, you, know, I, if, you know, I look at the growth curves, I, you know, I think we're at, you know, really at the bottom of the exponential growth that we're going to see happening over the, the next couple of years. So I gave two sessions on open source at the Texas uh, show this week. Uh, one was an open source panel, and one was just an introduction to open source software and, and open educational resources. And I had a very interesting experience because I've been running uh, open source labs and open source speakers tracks for the larger shows here for about five years. And I, I've always accepted that oftentimes the main motivation for coming is the, the lack of licensing cost, that a, that a good part of the uh, audiences there just in order to learn to save money. But I had a little bit of a, um, I would say almost a discouraging experience in the open source, the state of open source panel that we did because we had uh, four um, administrators or teachers who were using open source, who were part of an open source movement in Texas. And they didn't really themselves feel very strongly about the open source, source ethos. For them, it really was about the cost savings, and it was the first time that I'd actually uh, had people who were sort of the large figures in that open source arena uh, sort of candidly admit they didn't really care that much about the, the ethos, it was more about the cost. So how, uh, how much educating needs to be done, and do you feel like there is that we will grow, or is this confusion of Web 2.0, open source, freeware, uh, things that are free, um, is, is that just going to continually be a barrier to the understanding of the value of openness? Steve, I think that's a, a, a very good question. Um, just a, a quick initial response. Um, you know, people who are joining the, the open source movement, you know, just uh, 
for, for the you know for cost savings. Um, my response is you know they're free to do so and um, and most welcome to you know most welcome to do so. Um, it's you know it's part of the spirit of the movement. You know um, in the words of even Moglen, you know we created this. You know, to take it, um, use it, uh, adapt it, modify it. It's free. You can even sell it if you want to. And um, you know, I, I don't think people that are, are, are you know testing the open source waters uh, out of you know a, a cost motivation uh, perspective are is, is necessarily a bad thing. Um, because what it does do is it, is it opens up opportunities to discover what the, the movement is really about and, and, and the core freedoms uh, which are, are are very important to us. And um, the, the Wiki Educator project and the OBR Foundation uh, subscribes to something we call free cultural works licensing, which is uh, rooted in the uh, Richard Stallman's essential freedoms. And you know, as an educator, those those freedoms are very very important to us. Um, we do not want to deny any educator in the world. Uh, the opportunity to benefit from our open education resources, and um, we don't want any educator in the world to have to sacrifice any of their freedoms in in, in order to participate in our project. And in in, in a very practical sense, in in, in many parts of the world, um, educators and teachers simply do not have the money um, to be able. To uh, purchase, uh, you know, software licenses for for, for non-free software, and um, we don't want to deny any educator from participating in in in, in, in you know in, in in this movement, and is the reason why we have a strong commitment to open file formats and free cultural works licensing. So in in this way, we we do not force any educator to take uh, any decisions uh, or sacrifice any freedoms around their software choices. So both um, you know, educators who, who prefer to use non-free software as well as educators who choose to use a, a, a free software um, will, be, will be able to participate because we're using open file formats. Um, but you know, the, the fundamentals of the movement um, are, you know, are going to grow. Um, simply because of the foundations on, of, of freedom on, on, on which we ba you know, the movement is based. I mean, this, uh, uh, every modern democracy uh, today on the planet respects freedom of speech, and it is this freedom of speech which is the cornerstone, um, you know, of, of, of our education systems. Um, and you know, if, if we think about this in very practical terms, the, the internet is really just a system of, of, of pipes and switches. Um, you know, the, uh, and uh, OER as, as, as digital artifacts, um, they want to be free. Um, OER is just digital data, and OER doesn't care where it is hosted. Um, OER doesn't care which pipes um, transport, um, you know, the information from point A to point B. You know, whether it's copper wire or fiber optic cable or ABSL. I mean, OER doesn't care. Uh, you know which technologies or which pipes are transporting the data. The problem that we have in the world today are the switches, um, and, and, and these are the institutions and uh, organizations and individuals that uh, attempt to regulate access, um, you know, to to that data. So I mean, you, you, um, these are the people that determine the price, who gets access, um, you know, in what formats. 
and you know, I think this is a, a significant challenge we, we are facing both in education and in other sectors of society. And um, there is, is really no reason why we today have to restrict anybody to accessing knowledge freely. I mean, you know, reflecting back on some even Moglen's uh, thinking, you know, hypothetically, you know, if we look at the problem of global starvation, I mean, hypothetically, if we had the technology to be able to reproduce food uh, to feed the hungry at the press at the press of a button, why would we charge the hungry more than they can afford? And similarly, in, in, in the education sector, I see that I, I don't see any reason why we as educators shouldn't be, you know, willing to share our knowledge freely, um, you know, based on these principles. And A, we have the technologies to do this. Um, so, for example, the Open Education Resource Foundation, which is an independent international nonprofit entity, runs entirely on open source software. And, um, you know, uh, I think we have unprecedented opportunities to, you know, to be able to realize the vision of, you know, free knowledge for all. Um, and um, this is what we're doing. And, you know, we're looking forward to educators around the world uh, in helping us achieve, achieve this aim. So let's let you segue to the university idea. I know you have an event coming up that you would like to describe and, and, uh, and encourage some form of participation. But why don't you give us a little bit of the background and, and let's move into the discussion about the university. Sure. Um, I think we there are two significant factors um, that will make the, the future of an open education resource university, a free learning for all students worldwide, a, a reality. Um, first, the marginal cost of replicating digital knowledge is near zero. So um, to be able to provide opportunities for distribution, uh, of, of, of free knowledge is, is, is a no-brainer, really, if you think about it. The second uh, fact uh, that digital technologies and open content licensing enables us is a, a simple mathematical you know, fact. It's not rocket science. If, if 10 people or 10 institutions work together on the development of course materials, it's going to be far cheaper than doing it alone. Um, and you know, if, if I look at most of the developed world um, and, and the OECD countries, in, in the majority of these countries, uh, the cost of education or, and, and tuition fees have been rising in excess of the inflation index. And uh, we, we are simply going to have to get a lot smarter in terms of you know, how we design, develop, and share learning materials. And we have the opportunities today to do this. Um, and so the OER University concept is really about achieving these significant savings in costs uh, by working together on the development of course materials. And one of the, uh, the challenges we are faced with in the OER movement at the moment is uh, surprisingly and paradoxically the lack of collaboration among organizations that are working in the OER space. And the vast majority of open education resource initiatives, I mean, if, if we think of MIT OpenCourseWare 
or the British Open University's Open Learn project are institution-based projects. And I don't see much collaboration happening uh, among institutions um, developing you know, shared course materials. So one of the things I think, I mean, while the, the notion of sharing to learn is a good idea, I think it's more important for us as, as educators and institutions to learn how to share and, and to learn how to collaborate better. So one important facet of the concept of the OER University is to facilitate improved collaboration among institutions working in the post-secondary uh, education sector. So that's on the institution side, the, the, the delivery side. Um, we also need to think um, you know, from, from the student's perspective. And um, you know, given these technologies, it is plausible that we would be able to provide independent learning materials um, for every conceivable subject uh, on, you know, on the planet and uh, provide free learning for all learners on the planet. The next challenge, of course, is you know, if, if, if we have free learning for all learners uh, you know, on the planet, is we've got to figure out um, how do we credentialize? Um, how, 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 how do learners who, who are studying um, for free using OERs achieve uh, credible university uh, credentials? And, um, and this is what the OER university concept is setting out uh, to address. Uh, we're a number of anchor uh, partners, a number of, uh, of institutions around the world who are committed to doing this. And um, Athabasca University in Canada, um, the University of Southern Queensland in Australia, uh, Otago Polytechnic here in, in, in New Zealand, and the OER Foundation. Uh, uh, we've, we've scheduled an open planning meeting uh, to start planning the realization of an, an, an open education resource un, uh, university. And the ultimate aim is to, to design an, an, an ecosystem uh, where learners who are studying OERs uh, for free around the world will be able to have flexible pathways to uh, obtaining credible credentials. So when I put the link in for the meeting agenda, um, I, I think I'd like to have you talk about how you would want people to be involved. But before we do so, um, I'm intrigued by a thought that's occurring to me. So I think about um, MIT's OpenCourseWare, and I think about the description you've just given. And in a, uh, an open culture, which is so geared toward engagement and contribution, both of those sound very one way. Um, I think David Wiley called MIT OpenCourseWare Open 1.0. Is there a future even further beyond that where there's greater contribution instead of just rec receipt of materials? Steve, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it, it, it is a big challenge. I mean, at, at, at one level, I mean, if you think about it and think about human nature, uh, it's, it's easier to give than it is to receive. Um, and, and, and so the, the notion of a single institution saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to donate or, or give away some course materials, 
that's a lot easier to do than actually to start from a, a point where we have a look at what education materials are already out there. Um, you know, for remixing, improving, and um, avoiding the big challenge of reinventing wheels. Um, that, that is a lot harder to do, and, and, and I think we need to work on the culture shift in learning how to collaborate, in learning how to share. And I mean, if you, if you take the open source software movement, um, for example, any developer that is worth their salt that is going to embark on a, you know, developing a new piece of software, the very first thing that they will do is they will go and see what existing code uh, is out there um, that already exists that, that we can reuse and adapt and, and, and modify for our specific purposes. And I, I don't see that culture um, in the open education resource movement yet. Um, but I do think it's going to change because uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's a, a capability maturity model. Um, you know, as, as, as we're moving forward, we, we are learning more about how this collaboration works, and uh, we're learning more about you know, the benefits of collaboration. And, and collaboration is hard work. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't come naturally. Um, we, we need to support it. And, and, and I think this is the next phase we are going to see in, in, in the open education resource movement. Um, and you know, frankly, I, you know, I think it's inevitable. It's, it's, it's part of the natural evolution process uh, we're, we're going to see in you know, the education sector. And just to get back to your earlier reference about, uh, about the meeting, uh, I should just take one step back and uh, mention that the Open Education Resource Foundation, uh, the independent nonprofit which uh, oversees you know, WikiEducator and uh, the work we're doing around the uh, Open Education Resource University, is a, a commitment to a philosophy of what we call open philanthropy. And, and that is, we, you know, we, we believe that in order to effect real social change in the world, uh, we can do this by open sourcing everything, if you will. Um, and what this in effect means is that all our planning documents, all our strategic plans, um, even our funding proposals, because you know, as an, as, as an educational cha charity, we, 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 we do uh, receive funding from the international donor community. And, and even our funding proposals are developed openly under open content licenses. And uh, I mean, some, sometimes people say to me, you know, when you, you're absolutely crazy. I mean, how can you develop a funding proposal, you know, openly? What if somebody steals your idea? You know, and um, the reality is in, in, in an open self-organizing ecosystem, if somebody else is able to achieve the objectives of a funding proposal we are putting forward um, cheaper, faster, and more effectively than we are able to do as an open education you know, resource foundation, and we all win by that. The, 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 I mean, this is non-zero-sum uh, collaboration, uh, because the outputs of an open project will be available for all of us to, to, to use. Um, and, and so this is how the ecosystem is maturing. And our commitment to open philanthropy means that all the planning for this open education resource um, university will be conducted openly and transparently um, in, you know, in, in the wiki. And um, you know, we extend an open invitation to any institution in the world who wants to join us as, a, as an anchor partner. Um, any institution that cares ab uh, about sharing 
of knowledge as a core activity of, of what we do is most welcome to come and join us. And so the meeting schedule for the 23rd of February is really the inaugural meeting to start planning an open education resource uh, university, an OER university. And the meeting is open to any warm-blooded educator on the planet who wants to join in and help plan these futures. Um, there is a web page if you go to the home, uh, or you've posted the web page, but uh, you can also go to Wiki Educators' homepage. There's a link to the OER University press releases and uh, the website, and you can just go in and register, and we'll send you information, um, you know, about the meeting. And um, this is really an opportunity for you know every educator to actually <laughs> make a difference. Um, you can plan the future of an uh, of, of an OER university. Um, we're also very, very fortunate uh, to have a BC campus in Canada uh, who is running a pre-meeting open seminar on the OER University, um, which starts next week on the 16th of February, um, where uh, colleagues from around the world are you know, dis discussing what the objectives uh, motivations, uh, you know, opportunities, barriers, and, and, and you know, these kinds of suggestions uh, for building an OER university. And, um, and, and those discussions will be a key input uh, in, into the meeting of the 23rd of February. So lots of opportunities to you know, come and make the future happen. And uh, it, it, it is a large and, and, and ambitious project. And we're going to need all the help we can get in, you know, um, achieving success. So, Wayne, where's the information on the, um, the the things that start this next week, the training? Um, I'm just going to take a quick look now, and I'll find the link, and I'll add it into the chat box. Um, you, uh, you can also just do a Google search for scope, um, S-C-O-P, and um, you'll find the link there. And I'll post it in a moment uh, in, in the chat box. I'm wondering if and I got the right. Oh, there we go. Uh, looks, yes, somebody has has already posted it in the chat box. I'm struggling to find the link, but uh, somebody's fast. Here's a good example of collaboration. Look at that. <laughs> Wayne? Before we shift to Q&A, was there anything else you wanted to communicate either about with the educator, the foundation, or the university project? Nothing uh, specific other than, um, you know, I, I, I really hope that we as educators can, you know, start coming together and realizing the inevitable future of open education resources. Um, the work that we are doing uh, around the OER University is not in any way intended to dismantle uh, the, the formal education system in any way. 
Um, what we are what, what we are aiming to achieve is uh, through the community service mission of every modern tertiary education institution uh, to develop, if you will, a parallel learning universe which can augment and in, in improve the, the quality of learning for all learners on 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 the planet. Um, you know, the, the reality is. Uh, Institutions will not lose their competitive advantage by sharing education materials. Um, it, it's just not going to happen. Um, there's no research evidence that I'm aware of that you know, uh, justifies that you will lose students if you share your learning content. I mean, I've had the privilege of you know, studying at a number of institutions around the world, and I've yet to base my decision to study at any given institution uh, based on the prescribed textbooks uh, that they are prescribing. Um, it, you know, education is more about the quality of learning which we provide and the quality of support we provide our learners. And um, effectively, we are not asking for you know copious amounts of new money to be invested to build an OER university. Um, it's it, it, it just requires a, a, a shift um, in resource allocation. If, if every institution in the world were able to allocate 1% of their community service budget uh, to the collaborative development of OER, uh, I'm pretty sure in no time we would be able to provide a full curriculum of high quality materials uh, for all the learners of the world. So, um, you know. It's an ambitious project, um, a lot of work to do in order to, you know, to, uh, to get that right. But um, hey, uh, we've made a start and um, it's, it's looking promising. I uh, look forward to the questions. Okay, so we'll switch the Q&A here. Joe asks, uh, the major hurdle for students taking OER is assessing the courses so they can get credit. How do you see partners colleges facilitating that process? No, that's um, that's a, a very good question. Um, and first off, I, I, don't, I don't think at this point in time we we have all the answers. I mean, this is kind of the purpose of the planning meeting is to uh, start looking and uh, um, interrogating and, and finding uh, the detailed solutions to um, to these questions. However, um, as, you know, we, there are a couple of ideas which are emerging uh, already in terms of how this might work. Um, the OER University uh, is, is not a, a, a teaching institution. It's not a bricks and mortar institution. Uh, think of the OER University as a, a, a virtual collaboration of like-minded institutions around the world that want to uh, achieve these objectives. Um, the, the fact that we can provide free learning to independent study course materials is one part of the puzzle. Um, we also need to think about you know, how do we provide uh, you know, quality student support uh, in an open uh, ecosystem like this. And some of the early thinking is that it may be possible through community service learning approaches at our institutions where uh, more senior students uh, provide uh, learner support 
for you know junior students as, as as part of their service learning credits. So that, I mean that might be one way in which we can scale uh, you know student support and and and, and uh, tutor support in in an open system like this. When it comes to the credentials. Um, we envisage that the credentials will be conferred by formal education institutions that are, you know, are participating in this OER university concept. Um, what is mission critical for us, uh, where we sit, is developing credible qualifications. Um, and, and, and this is not to discredit the notion of you know, informal learning that takes place on the web. I mean, uh, there are many good examples around the world uh, of the growth of informal learning. All I'm saying is that is not the niche area where the OER university is going to be working. Um, uh, we are working within the formal education sector. So we are building up partnerships um, with real institutions, real credible institutions that will agree to uh, providing credentials um, you know, based on an OER curriculum. That is decided by the participating institutions. Um, there may be a, a, a fee for service uh, around the credential uh, because at the end of the day, you know, the, the people who are assessing have the fundamental human rights of you know, earning a living. Um, and, and, and this is why, again, the core freedoms are, are, are so important and, and, and why it is so important that we don't put uh, non-commercial restrictions on, on open content because uh, unfortunately that's, that's a way of favoring the rich at the expense of the poor but also denying the fundamental right uh, to earn a living. But um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we already have um, three uh, formal education institutions that have agreed that they will provide credentialing services. Um, around um, this OER university concept, so it's it's, it's looking uh, promising. Uh, we're getting you know very good support from the international agencies uh, in, in 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 achieving these objectives. So I hope that uh, answers your question. Wayne, there's an interesting question here from Cultural Research. A lot of revolutionaries in Egypt have college degrees and no future. There is a growing phenomenon. This is a growing phenomenon worldwide. How does that affect concepts of a free online college degree? It's uh, again a, a very very good question, and and and, and to be honest, I, I I'm not sure that I have you know have the answers. Um, other than to say that you know, I, I think an open, self-organizing ecosystem uh, around OER is, is likely to have a better chance at finding answers to those problems um, and you know, finding the, the linkages you know, between uh, you know, real employment um, and education. Uh, because you know, open systems tend to be more responsive uh, than, than, than closed systems. And um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the, uh, the component of you know figuring out how you know how this all works in terms of you know not ending up in a scenario where we have people with uh, qualifications um, you know that just aren't finding gainful employment. Um, 
I'm you know, hopeful that during the planning processes, there, you know, there will be an activity or, an, or a group that will focus on this problem and figure out how, how we can um, you know, address it. Um, worst case scenario, um, you know, I, I don't think the OER University will do any, any worse than the formal education sector she's doing at the moment uh, on that problem. So um, there will be an opportunity to improve it. Um, very good question. I'm going I'm to try and add to that a little, Wayne, because I've been thinking about this a lot. And one of the things that that question presupposes, and I think it's uh, a message we hear a lot in our Western culture, and especially here in the United States, is the idea that learning is specifically tied to uh, some kind of business or financial success. And I think it, you, you could easily make the argument there is inherent value in learning that goes to uh, quality of life issues um, that also then hopefully does relate to uh, employment, gainful employment and, and other positive things. But may, that may not necessarily need to be the primary argument. Uh, that, that some of the benefits that we see economically are some should be seen as secondary benefits if we're thinking of education um, on a broader scale. Um, Maria asks, what do you think of P2PU and other such open university projects? I think uh, the peer-to-peer -peer university and uh, the um, university of the people, uh, the work that the Sailor Foundation are doing are, are, are all amazing projects. Um, I, and um, I mean, this is the beauty and the power of, of OER. As I mentioned earlier, uh, open education resources don't care where they are hosted. Um, and um, I, I, I see the OER movement. Uh, evolving as an ecosystem where um, you know high quality OERs that have been developed by the peer to peer university community uh, could just as easily be used uh, within the OER university environment and, and similarly um, all the content that the OER university uh, produces will be uh, available you know to to the planet. Um, I, I, I think what we are seeing maturing in the open education resource movement are the specific niche areas that uh, the project nodes around the world are focusing on. Um, the, Wiki, uh, the Wiki Educator community and the OER Foundation is very strong in the, the formal education sector. Um, and uh, what the, the contribution we are hoping to make is to have a look and see well, to, to what extent can the formal education sector uh, contribute to this uh, evolving ecosystem. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and just tying up with what, what, what Steve uh, reflected on a few moments ago, you know, I, I think there's huge value in, in, in informal learning. And which isn't necessarily tied up with the, um, the you know the issue of gaining a qualification or you know getting gainful employment. I mean there are a whole raft of reasons you know why people learn. And I mean I, I can just think of my own personal experiences. I um, have you know been engaged in informal learning for for most of my professional career because you know uh, you, you move around, you you know you do different things. And um, there are many areas where you know I, I don't have any formal qualifications, but 
through interacting with peers on the net and you know, um, accessing resources that are available, I've been able to improve my knowledge uh, for specific reasons and purposes. Um, so I think uh, the peer-to-peer -peer university concept and, and the other projects are, are a very, very important uh, part of this, this ecosystem. And we will need to start thinking about, well, okay, so if, if we have a bunch of learners who have done a, bun a bunch of interesting courses at, at the peer-to-peer -peer university and at some point may want to get some formal recognition uh, for that, I mean, how, how do we address that problem and, and, uh, and, and, and that opportunity, in fact? And that's part of what we're wanting to do with the OER university concept. Um, and the peer-to-peer -peer university have been working with a very innovative uh, kind of open source approach uh, to credentialization in, in collaboration with the Mozilla Foundation, evolving a, 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 a very exciting badge um, um, system, which is really uh, a, a replication of the, the open source model of uh, meritocracy in terms of how through engagement in the community you, um, you, you, know, you gain recognition and kudos through the community. And uh, it's a rigorous process. Um, but the thing is, um, the OER university, we're not here to replicate that. Um, the peer-to-peer -peer university is going to do a far better job of that part of, of, of the ecosystems um, where, where we're focusing is on, on, on the formal the formal education uh, area. So if you'd like to ask Wayne a question using the microphone, feel free to raise your hand. That's the hand icon below at the lowest part of the participant box with the hand icon with the green up arrow. Um, so Carol has a question. And Carol, I'm going to give you the microphone and turn the mic on by clicking at the lower left of your screen. Thank you. Um, if you can hear me, please put a Y in the box. Thank you. Uh, my question was, with the OER, the studies or courses will be, be developed by members of the consortium in collaboration. Is there a specific LMS that's going to be followed, or will that particular um, option be left open to the course slash study developers? Hi, Carol. Yes, a, a very, very good question. Um, where our thinking is at the moment is we do not want to um, dictate or prescribe any learning management system for any institution. Because um, I mean, in order for this to be uh, you know, successful, we must recognize that different institutions use different learning management systems um, you know, for their, their own good reasons. Um, so the thinking at the moment is, um, and, and uh, I think what is also important to, to recognize here is, you know, is when you think about OER, um, because of the open licensing that is used, there is no reason why OER has to be locked, locked down behind the password. And that's very, very different to the sort of the closed education resource um, area because you've got all the issues around copyright where you've got to worry about you know, keeping the stuff behind uh, a, you know, a password access uh, to your registered students. So in the OER world, we don't have that problem. Our you know, OER can reside openly on, on, on the web. 
And we've been experimenting with a few very, very interesting uh, technologies. And, and it's not rocket science at all. It's just the fact that we use uh, you know, open source and we use open content licensing, where you are able to integrate and embed uh, learning content, for example, that sits in WikiEducator uh, into your learning management system just using an iframe tag. Um, and that's just a, a little bit of HTML which we, the Wiki Educator website will produce for you. And uh, you can have content, learning materials that have been designed and developed collaboratively um, sitting in your learning management system of choice. So what, uh, what I'll do is I'll quickly find a link uh, for you which gives you a little bit more information um, about that feature. And um, you, 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 know, you can experiment with it yourself. Uh, we've, we've tested the, um, this feature of just using iframes to embed uh, learning content that resides within WikiEducator in the whole range of uh, or, or a number of different learning management systems. And uh, it's actually quite a neat way of um, you know, enhancing reuse and uh, avoiding the situation of uh, reinventing wheels. So what I'm going to post here is, uh, is a link on links. Uh, which uh, gives a little bit of background uh, about how this might work. So to answer your question, institutions will be able to use the learning management system of their choice, um, but we will collaborate in other environments to uh, develop the content. Um, one of the disadvantages of a learning management system is um, that they aren't designed for the collaborative development of content. It's, it's, it's very hard for you know, 15 educators to work on the development of a, a specific subsection in a Moodle course, for example. Um, so, uh, yeah. Wayne, if you don't know Maria Grushkova's comments in the chat, I hope that you will get to know her. But she asks, while indexing and discovering static OERs is relatively easy, indexing interactions with events is still very hard and non-standardized. Any thoughts on this? Even discovering what forum to use to ask a question is very hard at the moment. Um, hi, Maria. Thanks for the question. Um, I, I've, I have, I've never met Maria, but she has been uh, quite active in the Wiki Educator community. Um, Maria, I, it's, it's a very good question, and I think it's an area we need to address. Uh, I, I don't know what, what the answers are going to be. Um, you know, all I can say is I think uh, we collectively recognize that, you know, that this is a challenge and we're going to have to address it. So we need to get the right people together to, to start thinking about the problem and, and finding the solutions. So you know, I do apologize. I, I don't have any specific thoughts and, and ideas of how we might address that at, at this time. Okay, we've got just a couple of minutes left. If you have a question for Wayne you'd like to ask it in the chat, if I've missed one for some reason, please feel free to post it again. Otherwise, you can raise your hand, pressing the hand with the green up arrow. Wayne, thanks for being so good about the delay, the pauses, and using the, the code to let us know when you finished. I think you did a great job. Let's give you a little early applause here. Really appreciate your coming on and, and taking the time. I'm fascinated by this project. Um, really appreciate your sharing it with us. And, and, and Steve, from, from our end as well, a, a, a big thank you again for the opportunity just you know, to talk a little bit about this. And 
I, you know, I hope that um, you know, the folk who've been listening will you know, come and join us in the planning session. Uh, but also, if you, you know of colleagues, friends um, who have an interest in this area, you know, spread the word. Uh, we're, we're very serious about getting this right, and um, you know, we need the caliber of your experience to you know, achieve these objectives. So um, thanks again, Steve. Um, you, you run a great initiative, and uh, these interviews are an incredible resource uh, for finding you know, about what is happening uh, around the world. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay, so Theo has a question. And Wayne, I don't know if you know, but I actually did a series of interviews with Richard Stallman and Eric Raymond and the like on open source and education. And if you, if you haven't seen those, and, and I need to be putting a link to them somewhere, just let me know. Theo, I've given you the mic. Feel free to turn your mic on, lower left of your screen. There you go. Thanks. Um, I'm unfortunately was teaching while this wonderful event was taking place. The other side of that, though, is um, the recording page that uh, Marie's just put up. I will be sharing this with um, as many people as I can, Wayne. And so thank you, because it's not just the live event right now. It's also being able to share the recording with others that will contribute to this fantastic work. Uh, so thank you for the link, and thank you for the presentation. Theo, my, my, my pleasure, and I, I really appreciate your efforts in you know helping uh, build the future. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks everybody for coming. It was an earlier event than normal for us. Wednesday is just starting. Thanks to Learn Central, Illuminate for helping support the series. Please do consider coming to one of our upcoming events, uh, including, of interest to this group, probably Mitch Resnick on March 10th. Um, we sure appreciate that you have been here and, and hope that it's been worthwhile. Thanks, Wayne. Have a great day. Really fun to get to know you a little. Yep, great opportunity, and, and thanks again. Um, we'll no doubt connect um, in the virtual world. See you all. Thanks, everybody. That was terrific. I'll post the recording uh, link as soon as I receive it in that Learn Central event. You can go to my web uh, announcement at stevehargadon.com. It links also to that Learn Central page. The full Illuminate recording will be up there. And then at futureofeducation.com, we'll post the MP3, so it's part of the, the stream. And you can always go back into the recording and find those links if you've missed them uh, to the training that starts next week and then the actual event uh, later this month. Take care, everybody.